Welcome to Call Blitz with Mert, the one-stop Salonis shop for all things sales, product, customers, marketing, and more. Hashtag no fluff. Welcome back to Call Blitz with Mert. Important topic today. It is social selling. And folks, I ain't talking about Instagram DMs and Twitter memes. We're talking social selling, how to make meaningful connections, and most importantly, how to get your message across through these platforms. Today, I got senior BDR, Emma Hart, one of the goats on the BDR team for social selling. I appreciate you being on today, Emma. How's it going? Thanks for having me, Mert. It's actually going pretty great. You know, Monday, Monday afternoons, the end's in sight. How's your day, Ben? You know, it's, it's not bad. Quarantine life, you know, I'm getting a little used to it. I'm scared of when I need to be social again, actually, you know, um, and force myself to be outside. This is a good excuse for me to be inside and work on my stuff. But once again, thanks a lot for coming on board. So like always, this podcast is going to get split up into three sections. All the timestamps will be available so you can skip around when needed. Number one, we're going to talk about your personal profile how to increase that SSI score and make yourself look like that all-star you already are. Number two is how to prospect, how to save research, how to save accounts, and more importantly, how to use that information to leverage in your social selling outreach. And lastly, it's how to engage people specifically. Emma's going to talk through her most successful ways of messaging, connecting, following up, and how to use that on cold outreach like phones and emails. So let's get right into it. You know, social selling is such a big part of our culture today. Calling and emailing is always such an important part of our day-to-day, but now we've got to find more avenues. And Emma, you can kind of talk on this as well. Social selling is not the same as social media marketing. You're not just putting stuff out there, hoping for people to look at it and say, okay, cool. It's about finding and making very meaningful connections, being authentic. Emma, right off the bat, you know, how are you currently using social selling to your advantage? Social selling is, is a huge avenue of outreach, right? It's something that differentiates you from the rest of just a faceless name who, you know, is cold calling someone or an email. You know, like it actually has your picture. You can talk in real time via, you know, the iMessage. It's, it is really a powerful platform and it kind of just helps you humanize yourself in the eyes of a prospect. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people understand how to leverage because it doesn't take the, the same approach that you would via a cold call or an email. So I think it's really important just to just to tailor your message a little bit on these social selling platforms and to understand that that you can be a little more empathetic, a little more warm, and a little more yourself. Let's start off on your profile. Social selling is so important because, first of all, LinkedIn will not even primarily show your posts if your profile is not at a quote-unquote all-star level. So... Emma, talk through that. What does that mean and why is that beneficial for your for your day-to-day? Right. So LinkedIn does use the algorithm when showing your post to your network or any like you know, if you're come if someone is coming to Salonis and is searching for sales or business development, if you're not an all-star profile, you won't be on that first page of results. And anyone that's used Google, you know that you don't go past that first page. So it is important. In fact, it's the very first step to social selling is to make sure that your profile is completely filled out, especially on LinkedIn. There's an easy way to go about doing this. On LinkedIn Sales Navigator, which most everyone should get here at Salonis as part of the package, 
you can go into that sales navigator and click on your own face on the top right corner. And under account, there's a sales navigator coach who is absolutely fabulous if you're starting at square one because it talks you through how to best leverage the platform to their ability. So all the tools that you have, it teaches you the ins and outs and how to understand like what's available to you on this platform. And then one step below that is your social selling index, which that's huge. And if you're competitive like me, it's going to be great to, to look at every so often. So what this is, it shows you in the top left corner and then it gives you like ranks. You're where you rank in the Salonis team, where you rank in the industry. So I'm, I would be in the sales industry, as would you, Mert. And then the third venue is the network. So it, it rates you against your network. And it gives you, you know, what rank you are and what percentages you're at. So, for example, I'm 13 out of 173 on Salonis's team rankings. That's huge. I'm in the top 1%. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in the top 1% for our industry, and I'm in the top 2% for the network SSI rank, which is, which is huge because it helps my posts and my outreach get prioritized by LinkedIn's algorithm above everyone else's. What's so important is that your SSI score is composed of a few different variables. How much your posts have been acknowledged, shared. You have to have a complete profile to get yourself out there. But also, if you're not getting yourself out there, you're going to hurt yourself in the long run. So it's so important to complete that profile, descriptions. And Emma, I know you you know this more than I do, but you shouldn't be putting in your description for your title went to President's Club for three years in a row, right? It should be very meaningful. Correct. The only time you do that is if you're looking for a job. Um, (laughs) Red flag. Because if you think about it, I mean, the whole point of this is to engage with your prospects. So you want to be able to reassure them through a couple of lines in your summary or in your job description of how you are going to enable them to hit their business goals. So, I mean... A big, a big thing that I've seen on the BDR team is to not even have senior BDR or BDR as, a, as your title. So when someone sees Emma Hart, it's not senior business development at Salonis. It comes up Emma Hart, empowering enterprise transformation. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. It doesn't just scream salesperson. Social selling, the beauty of it is you're doing less selling and more building relationships, presenting information. You're commenting on people's posts. You're going back and forth. You're sharing your own insights on things. We can go to the second topic, which is very important. I think that, Emma, this is one of the topics that you really excel on, and that is account research, saving things on LinkedIn Navigator, figuring out how to use that to your advantage. Sure. So... And I think, I think you're right. This is a huge, huge aspect of the platform. It is a little bit tedious at times, but it is a necessity. So there are certain things and ways you can organize your LinkedIn leads and accounts. And it's very important that when you're targeting new accounts, you start to save them within Sales Navigator. So for example, there's an account, National Oil Well Barco, that we started, my account executive and I started targeting. So I just went into their account page on LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I do some basic research around them, you know, and then I save them. So you just hit the button next to their account name and then it's populated. Then I can go in to that account and I can start looking at contacts and then I can start saving contacts into, you know, my Honeywell list or my National Oil Well Barco list. And from there, I can just decide that I'm going to blitz on Honeywell or I'm going to blitz on NOV. And I can go into these account lists and 
because they're saved leads, anytime they change positions, anytime they post or do updates, I can get notified on that and you can subscribe. So perhaps you're done targeting one of your top, top accounts. You can just put the notifications on a hiatus. So when you come back to them, you can get all the notifications again, but you aren't continuously inundated with, you know, 70 or 80 account lists being, you know, sent to your email. So I think that's huge. And that's something that's worked very well for me. It is a little bit time consuming, as I mentioned, because you have to go in individually, person by person, and save them to the account list. But once you do, it's done. And then you're always going to be able to subscribe to that list that you've personally built and get those updates, which is huge and actionable insights and things that come in real time. It's almost like a super fluid process. (laughs) Sure. So being organized in Navigator, right? So what are some of your your best tips? I mean, I'm sure that I would say as close as 70% of this crowd that's listening right now probably has not touched Navigator in the extent that you have. So if someone's going in for the first time, what's one of the first things that you do to get yourself organized? Yeah, so I will save that company as a lead list and then I will go in. Maybe I've decided to target accounts payable within that company. And then I will go into that company and you can search solely within that company and you can start using filters that are pre-populated. You can search by decision maker, which are C-level VP or senior directors and above. You can search by keywords in their title or on their profile. You can search by skills that people list. So Six Sigma is huge or process improvement. And you can just input these into the advanced search on Sales Navigator. And that helps you immediately identify people that could be possible contacts for you to reach out to. So that's the first thing that I do. Cool. So I I do want to make sure that we know the difference, right? So Navigator and LinkedIn Regular are very different when you see them on their homepage. LinkedIn Regular, you have people's posts and what they're liking and all that stuff. Navigator, the advantage of that is seeing the updates of people and their companies and what they're doing, job position changes, and anything else that, you know, relates to that, to that world. So it's very valuable to know the ins and outs of these companies that you may not already have seen on your regular LinkedIn profile, right? Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. So has there been an instance where Navigator has led you down to a really good account or, or prospect that you didn't know otherwise? Yeah. So actually I have um, two things that I would like to share regarding that. So the first is a story. One day I logged on to LinkedIn Sales Navigator and there's a tab in, if you go to an account that you're targeting, say for this case, I'll say Crown Castle, you can go in and it shows you recommended leads. And there's a couple of different tabs you can check. It says, you know, certain amount of contacts in the new role in the past 90 days, one mentioned in news in the last 30 days, or, you know, 167 share experiences with you or 14 have team link intros. So when I'm starting a new account, I like to peruse them, you know, once a week to see if anyone new jumps out in my mind or my lists. And I happen to click on new in the role in in the past 90 days. And a gentleman had recently been onboarded at Crown Castle. His name is Pradeen Viswani. And he had just come from being the chief digital officer at one of the branches of Siemens and before that he worked at British Petroleum. There we go. 
Yeah, and he had been hired at Crown Castle as the VP of Digital Transformation. So I shot him a 15-word LinkedIn request. It was very simple, Mert. It just said, hi, Pradeep, saw that you had just joined Crown Castle. Wanted to know if you had used Solonist while at VP or Siemens, question mark. Cheers, Emma. He got back to me within two hours, asked me a few more follow-up questions, and then sent me his email and asked for an hour-long demo. And that was in November, and Christopher Hull is in negotiation stages with them. So wait, this is, hold up, this is the chief... (laughs) Transformation officer? Yeah. Huge, it, huge title. That, that It can't get better than that. Emma, good job on that. That was literally nail on the head situation. That's a perfect segue. Our next uh, breakdown, which is engaging people and the messaging you're using in outreach. Talk to me about that, Emma. Maybe you can find a way to get your second story in here as well. You find a cold prospect. You see them pretty active on there. You've been following them. What's the first thing you do when you connect with that person you look for common footing you look for something you can connect with them on i've used things from similar hobbies in my pastime all the way to like i mentioned with pradeep he'd worked at two past customers of ours so i mean it's all about finding something relatable to them and that's that's the starting position on reaching out to these people on linkedin because social selling is social you don't just walk up to someone in a bar and be like Hey, like I deserve to be heard from by you. You don't like you don't just make that assumption. So you need right. to yeah, you just build that rapport with them. And so I think something that was impactful with Pradeep at least was that he had worked at two customers and this is a huge technology and even better made aware of. And it was just such such a simple line. So I think the best the best way to, to reach out to someone, and this is one of the best tips I can give someone is you make it known in your connection request why you're reaching out to this person. So I, I really don't like when people send the, the basic pre-built out LinkedIn connection request message. It doesn't get anyone anywhere. The contact doesn't know why you're reaching out. They're either accepting you or they're not. There's no driver. There's no catalyst for, for why they would want to or would happen if they did connect with you. So what I always like to do, and it's a good practice because LinkedIn only allows 300 characters in these connection requests. So always try to find something quick that you can say that will grab that prospect's attention and get them to accept your connection request. Because at that point, they've kind of entered a contract with you. They understand that you're reaching out. They want You, you always kind of make a soft ask, like, have you heard of Salonis? Because if they hit, if they accept you, then they're on the hook. Then you're allowed to pitch them. Then you're allowed to talk to them about Salonis. You're allowed to bug them. Meanwhile, if I just accepted some random person who said, hi, Emma, I'd like to add you to my network, I might get pretty pissed off if someone just starts pitching me on God knows what. So right. I think that's a huge, huge tip. Yeah, I can't tell you how many pyramid scheme requests I've gotten where they're like, add me to your network. And then I'm like, all right, this person, it says sales. I guess I'll say yes to this. And then they hit me with the, do you want to make an income while you're still at your job? And I'm like, all right, well, it's just like very annoying. If you have the intentions known right away, like, hey, I'm from Salonis. Here's a little value prop or some sort of way to connect to you. Have you heard of us before or some sort of ask? It brings down their shield a little bit. Anything you want to add? No, I was just going to say absolutely. And I've had, you know, 
fabulous responses where someone has accepted me and said I hadn't, but I went and looked it up and it looks great. Here's my email. Can we chat further? Let's talk about what you say to someone after they say yes. So do you hit these guys up right away? Do you get some time for them to check you out first? Do you, what are you like, what are you doing right now in terms of timeline? Ryan will be happy to know that my SLA for responding to people that accept me on LinkedIn, I try to do it within two hours. You, For example, if I hit you up with a LinkedIn request and I'm like, hey, Mert, saw you worked at Salonis, I did as well. Have you heard about Salonis before? And you said, you know, you hit accept, I get a notification saying that, that we're now connected. And it's important to keep your conversation threaded. So you'll get the notification on both Sales Navigator and just plain LinkedIn. But depending on where you shop that LinkedIn request off from is where you should keep that conversation. And it will correspond to that platform's mailbox. So we do it two hours in. I do. I say, hey, Mert, thanks for connecting. Wanted to chat a little bit more about Salonis and the work that we're doing with Name Drop. Name drop. And then given your background or given your position or your title, knew you would make the most sense to, to chat with. And that's it. I don't make an ask. Because they have just accepted me, and and that's within two hours. I just hit them with the thanks so much for connecting. And then if they don't respond, and you can tell, it's great. I love LinkedIn for this. Their little face will pop up if they've read your message. If they haven't, feel free to hit them again that day. If they have read it and haven't responded, I wait till the next day and say, like I mentioned, we're working with so-and-so doing this type of customer story. When would you have time to have a quick chat? And so it kind of goes like that. So my first, from the first acceptance of my LinkedIn request, I go two hours, then I go a day, then I go three days, and then I hit them up a week after that. After those four hits, I go back to trying to get them on the phone and email. Which is cool because you can now leverage the fact that you've connected with them and the fact that you've also messaged them. They've been like, hey, you know, I messaged you a couple of times on LinkedIn. This is Emma Hart again from Salonis. And it should like, if not right away, like subconsciously trigger some sort of memory. Like, oh yeah, I know who that is. I recognize that name, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I even do it even more presumptively like they, that we had a great conversation. I'm like, hey, Mart, it's Emma from LinkedIn. How you been? Yeah. You know, like, because... At that point, they're kind of scrambling and they're on their heels. They're like, oh, how have I been? Did we have a conversation? little BDR trick right there as well, right? So let me ask you something that I've been asked a lot from reps in EMEA, BDRs, digital consultants in Salonis in Europe. They asked me, hey, Mert, you know, how do you make a message not sound salesy over LinkedIn? Yeah, I think you take the... The words introductory call or demo out of your lexicon, it's always, when are you free for a quick chat or when would you have time to connect? Don't mention bringing in technical resources unless it fits the conversation. You know, like if we've been talking about something and I can't answer it, I might say, all right, this is great. Let's let's set up some time for one of our process mining consultants to hop on the phone and answer these questions. But at that point, I know that they're engaged. So to not sound salesy, it's it's kind of like how you've taught us to open up the calls. You know, like, have you heard of Salonis? This is the work we're doing with other folks. When do you have time for a quick chat? We'd love to connect regarding this, that, and the other thing. And from that point, it just it really does just seem like you've bumped into someone on the street and you're just like, hey, wait, you might have interest in what we do. And 
then you progress. So I think that's the best way not to sound salesy. Don't ask like, oh, 30 minutes, like, do you just have 30 minutes for a quick introductory phone call? Would love to. That's too salesy. Right. Talking about introducing them to the account manager that, you know, manages the relationship. I think, again, too salesy. Because in the end, I feel social selling is not, we're not trying to sell Salonis. We're trying to find people with a problem we can solve. To summarize exactly what you just said in two words, be human. Yep. And I like the fact that you also take some time to look at their posts, look at their stuff. Do you also comment and like on their posts as well, I'm guessing? So I'll like posts and celebrate them. I won't really comment on things unless it's, you know, like, hey, congrats on the work anniversary or congrats on the promotion. Like, those, perfectly fine. Unless you're trying to use that as a springboard into getting time. So I'm all for liking posts, tagging people in posts that you think would find, you know, that reading relevant and whatnot. But if this is a perfect example. So today I got onto LinkedIn this morning and at 10 o'clock, the director of business strategy at one of my biggest accounts posts 300 page thing that he, like he just wrote it up. And it's basically talking about a business strategy. He's deemed hashtag tighten the belt and how he is spotlighting inventory management and cost control in current market conditions. And then he just goes through and like lists, you know, why companies carry inventory, what happens when demand's low, but then how at the end he's like, can you free up capital by saving on inventory storage costs? Can you review safety stocks, outsource versus making? Like, shift your market strategy. When can inventory work for you and how to keep it from working against you? Share your thoughts. So immediately, I mean, I liked it, obviously, but then I messaged him. And I was like, hey, loved your post. I can completely see some of the points. And in fact, you taught me or I learned this point from the post. But given what you're writing in this post and the companies we're working at, the synergies between Salonis and your view right here are just so overwhelming. Have you heard of Salonis? And then you just pitch. Yeah, I mean, ah, it's easy. I like yeah. that. So you, instead of commenting your thoughts on the on the post, you take that as an opportunity to message that comment to them instead and kind of get that personal one-on-one time. Right, because I think the people that comment on the posts, like, oh, have you heard of Salonis and stuff? Or it feels so salesy to get that pitched on a post. And then anyone that this guy is connected to or that you're connected to see is that you've done that pitch. They, they see it. And I just, I don't like it. I have never been a fan of that. So I keep my pitching private. And, and lastly, do you post yourself? I do somewhat. I am a big reposter. So for all of you new Selenos joining, the first person you should LinkedIn link in with is <laughs> Marcel Volmer. <Yeah. laughs> He's absolutely fabulous. To, um, and just, any of the, the content creators, digital marketing, I'm pretty sure there's a Slack group too on, on, uh, in our internal Slack that's like hashtag like my post. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Yeah, Mer- yep, that is it. So, I mean, it really is. Um, I, I don't write all of my own content. I would say I'd probably write a tenth of it. And I'm mostly just resharing and, you know, jotting a blurb on top and just saying like, hey, join us for this event or, you know, 
interesting article about supply chain, continuity, business strategies, whatever it is. So it's great. just stay active, though, because that is something that counts against your social selling index, as you mentioned. Yep. Staying active is what increases the SSI score. So any, any last minute tips you want to add? I, there is actually one that I think is, is pretty powerful that I've used multiple times that I don't think a lot of people are. So don't be afraid to ask for introductions from that secondary connection to, to a contact. And I think there's a, a way to go about this that will increase those those results. And it's to go straight what you want them to say. So Mark, if I wanted you to introduce me to Marcel and I wasn't connected to him, I could reach out to you and say, hey, Mert, hope you're doing well. I saw that you were connected to Marcel, and I, or I was wondering if you would introduce him to me. And then what is very key is you ghostwrite the, the connection request for them. So all they have to do is copy and paste. So they don't have to come up with some, you know, like you wouldn't have to go to, then to Marcel and say, hey, I know this person, Emma, blah, blah, blah. As long as you have that ghost written, that like what you would want them to say and why you want to connect with this person that they're introducing. So it makes them feel like they're actually helping and growing people's networks and helping both of their connections. Me to be introduced to this person and maybe Marcel could solve a business problem, you know, by connecting with me because I have the technology. I mean, I've used it 10 times because it is probably a pretty niche reach out but out of those 10 times i got eight demos and two of them resulted in deals thank you so much for being on this is call blitz with mert no fluff see you on the next episode